0: As we make this shift from the cultivation practices that we were doing through the breath and then the different brahmaviharas, it can feel like a relief to open up the practice, perhaps have it feel more natural, more intuitive. But the purpose of going through these different practices in the way we are doing is the rich potential of learning how to do what are intentional or cultivation practices, like the breath, like metta, with as little effort as possible. Or I should start by saying with wise effort or balanced effort. But then ultimately, once a momentum builds, how to keep coming back to that intention with this... um, with as little effort as possible. There's such a beneficial training in that. So that's part of the purpose of spending all these days with these intentional cultivation and purification practices, is to really learn that on an intimate way, what works and what doesn't work. Because we all try too hard. We all have some idea of what should be happening and the mind-heart naturally tries to make that happen, tries to hold on, to grasp what we want and push away what doesn't feel right. So can learn a lot about right effort doing those kinds of practices. But then opening up to the awareness practices we're doing in these days, again, can feel like a relief. Ah, just resting. But our natural inclinations are still there, that we should be doing something, having some particular experience. And again, can't emphasize enough how this practice particularly is more about not doing than doing, letting go rather than becoming. And part of the richness is that exploration in gross or really subtle ways of the mind, heart, making something of the experience. And the simple way of saying that is selfing. You know, we, I should be aware, I am aware, I am spacious. And so just being willing to explore that and have compassion for this mind and heart, that's trying its best, but it's trying out of its old habit patterns often, of wanting a certain experience, wanting to do it right. And so much of this exploration is more about letting go and discovering that natural state of mind that I spoke about the other night in the talk on equanimity. When the mind is undisturbed, when the hindrances aren't ruffling the field the mind's natural state is aware and still and our practice is to let that be revealed again and again and again without grasping or pushing away so much in that process and so it's more about attitude and intention than any particular experience it's willing to bring the wisdom in again and again and again. And we can have an idea when we see this word awareness with a capital A, it's some big mystical experience of vast space or infinity or, you know, clarity or stillness. And it can be that. But as my Tibetan teachers would say, more like short moments, many times, of just touching in to that mind that has this quality of stillness or freedom or space. And they would also say, trust your experience. If you open to the nature of mind, whatever you see, that's the nature of mind at the moment. Maybe there's stillness or a little bit of stillness or a moment of stillness. Instead of judging and evaluating this sense of just trust The definitions of mindfulness that I read the other day, as I was pointing to, had a strong flavor of equanimity, of just this um, ability to observe experience without getting caught up in it. And you could also say that's pointing to this quality of awareness or knowing. Usually in our everyday lives, we're very object-oriented. About the things we need to do, the things we want to get, the projects, etc. So we're very outward focused objects, which includes other people, our relationships. And what's at play a lot is our attitude towards those things of liking, not liking. Often we're not so aware of that. We're so focused on the object. In meditation, we begin to cultivate a different way of being with our experience. And we begin with being aware of the object. And so this is the shift that happens and it's in the study guide, in the Anapanasati Sutta, where we know and then train using these different objects. So there's a a factor of wisdom being brought into the very capacity of mindfulness, of knowing. And part of that is a little bit of reflectiveness that's part of samasati. You know that you're knowing. Not in a heavy-handed way, but you're training. You're being with the breath, and you know you're being with the breath. That's mindfulness of breathing, because we're breathing all the time. This little bit of reflectiveness, what that does is add a little bit of space. The space that Guy was speaking about yesterday, and Part of this training is to see this in this relational field the object and the knowing of it, and the knowing that you know. These are very subtle shifts of perspective. Again, there's not a lot of doing. It's more about settling back and relaxing and opening to the field within which things are being known. And so often, well, the main thing I want to say is um, you can use your breath meditation or choiceless awareness, aware of all of the arisings at the six sense doors to cultivate this practice. It just involves this little bit of when the mind is steady with an object, with an experience, a little bit of settling back, knowing the space, around or within which that experience is happening, and the knowing of it, and a resting, a resting and a not doing. Consciousness is still functioning. Knowing is still happening, but we're not leaning out into the object. We're just resting back. It's, for me, it's a, just a little bit of an energetic softening of the field. That can be a great doorway to this practice, very simple, very accessible with the breath, hearing sounds, and instead of that kind of automatic energetic pull towards and into the object, a little bit settling back, widening the field of perception so that the whole is included and there's a knowing happening that we can subtly know. Very simple. Guy used the quote yesterday from Ajahn Suchito about space taking off pressure, space or spaciousness. Most of us have just a natural inclination towards spaciousness. We know it is something that, that feeds us, that nourishes us. That's why most of us love views, love going to a high point or to the edge of the pond where there's that spacious view across the whole pond. Why do we like that? It invites us into this emptiness, spaciousness, awareness that we're talking about and gives us a sense of the natural state of mind when it's not in the push and pull of wanting, not wanting. So really, you know, tune into this as you go through your day because that, when Ajahn Sichito says space takes off pressure, I think of pressure as contraction, um, energy contracting, and for me that's a sign of selfing. Very simply, when I have thoughts, when I'm engaged in that push and pull, there's a contracted field, in the there's a contraction in the energy field. And that spaciousness opens up and is empty and aware. And there's not so much a sense of self. I said the other day about nature, why it speaks to us is because it doesn't so much engage or, or promote that sense of self. We're just receptive, open, and the views do that same thing. So it's all of these subtle energetic shifts in perspective, in intention, not about doing, not about grasping onto or having any particular experience, trying to remain spacious, trying to be aware. Well, you can try that, but it doesn't work so well. But it's about simplifying and letting go. And as we give the instructions, they'll just be different doorways for you different things will work at different times for different people but what I want to emphasize this morning is the not doing aspect of this the trust aspect of this of really simple continue your practice mainly as you would do we were using the breath or the radiating metta, just resting in that field of matter very quiet And then being aware of that. Tejani is one frame for his teaching is asking that question that Guy offered yesterday, am I aware? And I love that question because if you can think to ask it, usually the answer is yes, I am aware. But then what am I aware of? And that then creates the relational field to the experience, to the object. We can know that. And then, what's my relationship to that or my attitude? So these three steps. And then we can know all of that. Know the attitude, know the object, but not grasp onto any of it around creating a sense of self. This can be helpful to drop in every now and then, just to bring a little brightness of mind, little sense of this connection of mindfulness to experience. And then we just rest. You don't have to do anything more, but know what's happening and know you're knowing. And then the next breath might come as bird sound, and we know that. Look for where there's efforting. Trying, trying to make something happen, trying to hold the bird sound in spacious awareness. Just know the bird sound. Very simple. Very spacious. Not doing more than doing. And remember the three qualities that we spoke about right at the beginning of the retreat. The steadiness of the Samatha practice, the warmth of the Metta, and the spaciousness of the awareness practice. We need all three, all throughout. So do this practice with those qualities in your heart. A willingness to keep coming back, connecting, showing up, knowing what's happening, this wise or balanced effort to be present, but bringing in the warmth, the acceptance, the kindness, the non-judging quality of mind and heart, and then rest in a spacious awareness of whatever's happening. And finding your own way, It'll be different for everyone. Some very simple, just the breath, very quiet. For some, the metta or the feeling of metta is a doorway. Could be choiceless attention where it's really open to the whole field and just the knowing happening at the six sense doors. Trust your own intuitive unfolding and finding the easeful way to rest in knowing what's happening, very simple. Let yourself feel the luxury of having days and days yet to come in this retreat to explore this quality of being, spacious awareness, built upon all the days we've already been here. Often on shorter retreats, there can be this sense of urgency and time of trying to make something happen. And here we've got many more days yet and that attitude is so beneficial just as I was talking about so much more receptive and not doing than leaning forward into um, trying to make something happen and there are all these supportive conditions or mental factors and almost synonyms for awareness that are helpful I spoke a lot about equanimity (coughs) The mind that's equanimous, where it's not ruffled. If there's just a little bit of knowing of that, there's awareness right there. Stillness, spaciousness, peace, calm. All of these are in this area of awareness. And so energetically, just trusting the quiet quietness that's being developed. And all we have to do is... Recognize that, know that. I spoke or used that phrase in the uh, equanimity practice about seeing the world with quiet eyes. And for me, again, that's an energetic thing when I'm meditating, sitting. If I am thinking, if there's some movement towards or away from something, I find my eyes get tense. They're, They're looking, perhaps looking at an object or a little bit of contraction there. If I notice that and relax, everything softens a little. Same with the set of my lips, just very subtle energetic movements, how the belly is held. So all of these uh, instructions, guidance we've given about starting off by relaxing, also important here. And I come back to that again and again, and I find every time if I just relax, soften, eyes, mouth, belly, the whole mental physical system relaxes a little and there's more of that stillness and part of this practice is in the whole field of changing objects where what's restful or what's still and for me it is about again just an energetic stilling and centering that's the knowing it's not up here it's not, you know, looking out, knowing through the mind and the eye door, but this receptive quality. So just exploring that, using supports, breath, meta, open attention, and then at times expanding into this spacious stillness. And the same in the walking, Guy offered a practice yesterday of using the four parts, seeing, hearing, sensing, uh, stepping or moving. When I practice in this way, in more of an awareness practice, I just rest the attention sort of in the, well, in the whole body, in the torso, I'm aware of the legs moving. But a whole picture of the body in space, I'm not, not going extremely slowly but just at a medium kind of pace but I'm aware of what I'm paying attention to am I paying attention and then what is that and is the mind clear and and just knowing that or is it telling a story and I let go if I can of the story and just come back into the knowing of seeing and stepping and sensing the body so it's a, just a subtle shift again. The mind will get pulled out into an object, into a thought. We recognize that and energetically drop and come back into the felt sense, the movement, and the knowing of that. So that's another very simple way to practice in the formal med- meditation, walking, walking meditation Yeah, so just keeping it simple. Finding what are supportive conditions for you and then resting in that. And then the mind, the body, something will happen. We're so used to, in our Vipassana practice, a pain in the knee. or let your attention go to that, explore that. And that can be helpful at times if there's challenge in the body that's making the mind uh, uncomfortable. But here it's more holding everything in this kind of space of knowing, this still center that includes everything, but isn't in the push and pull of them. So any questions this morning about this practice, your practice? Thank you for listening.